I'm going to call this message today one word. I'm going to call it authorized. From the book of Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. One thing about the kingdom of God being preached, it will always include the needs of people being met. It will always include healing for the sick. Praise the Lord. And then in Luke chapter 10 and verse 1, And these things the Lord appointed other seventy also. And he sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. And then dropping down to verse 8, And into whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things that are set before you. Verse 9, And heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. And then in verse 17, And the seventy returned with great depression. No, they returned with great joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. This is one of the major indicators that you know that you have authority, that you know that you've been authorized, yet you know that you've been empowered. It makes you happy. It thrills you. It causes great joy to be in your life. Hallelujah. It makes us happy when we found out that we do not have to be dominated. You and I have been created for dominion. For let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let mankind have dominion. You have been made by the master for mastery. The word mastery means control or superiority over something. I like what the Living Bible says in Genesis 1.26. It says, Then God said, Let us make a man, someone like ourselves, to be the master of all life upon the earth and in the skies and in the seas. Hallelujah. And then we look at Luke chapter uh, again, verse 18. And here's Jesus' response to them as they returned with great joy. And he said unto them, Boys, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. In other words, he's telling them, Hey, the devil is not what he used to be. He got bounced out of heaven. Amen. On the other hand, you're not what you used to be either. You are a new creation. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are more than a conqueror through Him that loves you. Hallelujah. I'm telling you folks, He is a stripped, under our feet, eternally defeated foe. He is not just a loser. He is the loser. Then in verse 19, he says, Behold, I give unto you power, or literally authority, to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means harm you. I prophesy over that, that over your life. That nothing shall hurt you. That no weapon formed against you will prosper. Nothing shall harm you. 
in the name of Jesus. You see, everything in the enemy's arsenal can't hurt you because you have authority. So what is authority? Authority is delegated power. Authority gives you the right to command. It gives you the right to act. It gives you sway, if you will, and it gives you influence. The value of your authority rests upon the power that is behind that authority. And the power that is behind this authority is resurrection power. In Ephesians 1 and verse 19 and verse 20, it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe? In other words, this power is toward those, available to those who believe it, who will receive it, and who will enjoy it. To usward who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. This power is available. This power is released toward you. Do you believe it? Do you receive it? Do you rejoice in it? Will you use it? Will you give God glory for it? Come on, about 10 seconds. Let's give God some glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came unto them, saying, All power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. And then he transferred that authority to his church. In verse 19, he said, Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. You see, when Jesus ascended, he transferred that authority to his church. He is the head of the church, and we as believers make up the body of Christ. Amen. And so Christ's authority then is perpetuated through his body. His authority is perpetuated through you. His authority is perpetuated through the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father in the highest place of authority in the universe. And you and I are seated with him. We are seated with him. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. And you... Hath he quickened? That's an old English term for made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Dropping down to verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, he quickened us, and notice this, together. Together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and hath raised us up. You've been raised up not to live a defeated life. You've been raised up not to live beneath. You've been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, you've been raised. Now I want you to notice that the head, Christ, and the body, the church, were raised together. Where, pastor? Verse 19 and 20 of Ephesians 1 says, Far above, 
all principality and power and might and dominion and every name, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet. He's the head. The feet are in the body. But by the grace of God, he's put all things under your feet. If you've got a message for the devil, put it under your feet. And he gave in to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the head over all things, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. This revelation, not just information. We need to go from information to revelation. And when we go from information to revelation, we will experience transformation. This revelation will transform your life. This revelation will revolutionize your life. For it is true. My Bible says in 1 Corinthians six seventeen, He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. No wonder Paul said to the church at Rome, For if by one, man, man, one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, they shall reign as kings in life by the Lord Jesus Christ. Reigning over disease, reigning over poverty, reigning over coronavirus, reigning over anything and everything that defiles. Hallelujah. Say me, I am a child of the King by the grace of God. So we've established this fact this morning. We have authority. We have defined authority. Now let's talk about what to be authorized means. To be authorized means been given the power to act. It means to be empowered. It means to be enabled. I love this definition. It means to deputize, to send with the commission to act for another. You and I are ambassadors. We've been deputized to act for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You and I are authorized. We have the believer's advantage. Can somebody say amen? amen? Another definition, according to the dictionary of authorize, is to be given the go-ahead. It also means to be given the green light. God's giving you the green light through His name. God's giving you the green light through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have been authorized. Now we know this, that the enemy will challenge this. He did so with Jesus. Let me show you what I mean. In Matthew the 12th, 21st chapter, in the second verse. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Notice with me, once the temple was cleaned out, once the temple was cleansed, healing power flowed. Amen? I said once the temple was cleansed, healing power flowed. 
I wonder if healing power will flow in this place. I wonder if people that are sold out meet for the master's use and clean up their temple and allow the spirit of God to flow through them. I just wonder if signs and wonders and miracles could happen in this house. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders of that day were not happy about it. You know the lame were happy. You know the blind got real happy. But the religious leaders of this day got extremely upset. They had a spirit of religion. Now notice with me in verse 23. Now when he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? How many of you know that the Holy Spirit is not speaking through them? This is the enemy speaking through them. In other words, they were asking this question, who gave you the authority to do this? Who authorized you to do this? Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. In other words, you did not consult with us. You did not talk to us about this. You didn't uh, contact us. You didn't text us. You didn't do anything. You just came in there and cleansed the temple and healed the sick. Who in the world do you think you are? That's exactly what they were saying to the master. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands and give God praise right now. Glory to God. Say it with me, for the Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. Come on, let's set our affection on Him today. Say it with me real strong. For the Lord is good. And His mercy endureth forever. One more time. For the Lord is good. And His mercy... How long does his mercy endure for? Will he ever run out of mercy? Can you do anything that would ever separate you from his love and his mercy? Woo, glory to God. I said glory to God. His mercy is over all of his works. He is the father of mercies. Hallelujah. And his mercy endureth. Ha ha ha! Woo! Ah! Hallelujah! <laughs> Come on, somebody! For the Lord is good. I mean, we could just camp there for about an hour and a half and say it over and over and over again. God would fill this temple. The glory of God would descend, and every sickness would have to bow its knee. Woo, say it again, for the Lord is good. Come on. You know what that is? That's dancing ground. That's running ground. That's shouting ground. 
Because many of us wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for the mercy of God. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! This I call to my mind. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Great is thy faithfulness. Hallelujah. <laughs> You've made it this far by the mercy and grace of God, and you're going to make it all the way. I prophesy over your life, you're going all the way. You're going to make it all the way to the finish line. You're not going to burn out. You're not going to finish your course with sorrow. You're going to finish your course with joy. Hallelujah. And it's all because of his mercy. We cannot take credit for anything. All the credit, all the glory, all of the praise be to our good, good father. Amen. Hallelujah. And so exercise some faith in my mercy, saith the Lord. Just don't allow my mercy to hover over you, but tap into my mercy. Tap into my mercy with your words and your actions and declare, oh, his mercy is enduring forever. His mercy is working in me. His mercy is working through me. For blessed are those that shall tap into my mercy and be merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. <laughs> ha ha devil. Jesus is Lord. By what authority you do these things? He just I bet you Jesus wanted to slap him. But he didn't. And don't you either. <laughs> So that was the temple of God in that day. But you are the temple of God in this day. Let me give you a couple scriptures. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God, where does He dwell? The Spirit of God's dwelling in you. Christ is in you. The hope of glory. We don't have to beg Him to come near, to come nigh. Kumbaya, kumbaya, kumbaya has already come. He lives on the inside of you. Now notice this with me. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now when the Spirit of God comes into your life and dwells in you, He doesn't come into your life to leave you the same. He comes into your life to set you free. He comes into your life to change you. I love what Corinthians 3.17 says. It says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, we've established the fact that He's here, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is emancipation. It should be our emancipation, proclamation, and declaration that the Spirit of God dwells in me and He's bringing liberty and freedom in every area of my life. 
So don't ignore him. Become God inside minded. And as you become God inside minded, you'll tap into greater freedom that you have never, ever known before. In 1 Corinthians 6.19 now, it says this. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So he says, well, it's my body. It's my thing. I'll do what I want to do. It's not your body. It's not your thing. It's his body. Now present it unto him as a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is our intelligent, reasonable worship. Listen to this statement. Never let the enemy get comfortable on territory that doesn't belong to him. Don't let the enemy get comfortable in your body, in your mind. It's your mind. It's his body. Say with me, I am the temple of the living God. And he wants my temple clean and free from all that defiles. Oppression is to be driven out. Fear is to be driven out. Disease is to be driven out. All of the curse that you have been redeemed from does not belong in you or on your temple. The devil come along and say, well, you don't have any authority. You don't have any power. Just shut up. Just sit down. By what authority? How can you say these things? Who do you think you are? Mr. Devil, it's not who I think I am. It's who I know I am. Hallelujah. Say with me, I've been authorized. I have the keys of the kingdom. So I will rise up and resist the lies of the enemy. So number one, we have authority. Number two, we have been authorized. Now number three, we must act authoritatively. What does to act authoritatively mean? It means to act boldly. It means to act confidently. To be sure of the greater one on the inside of you. It means to be masterful. It means to be assertive. It means to be dominating. And one definition of authoritative, it means to be bossy. This is one dude you can boss around. You're not to boss around your wife. You're not to boss around your husband. You're not to boss around your coworkers. But you can boss the devil around and tell him to pack up his goods and leave. Amen? So we must then act authoritatively. Act authoritatively. And be all that God has called you to be. When we are acting authoritatively, we are exercising our authority with faith-filled words and actions. There was a young lady before she entered into the WNBA 
that she had tattooed on her arm, future NBA player. She tattooed that on her arm because she wanted to see it as she was going through the journey of high school and college and finally got to the WNBA. I'm telling you what, you can take God's word and you can tattoo it on the tablet of your heart and then you can begin to open your mouth and speak God's word and prophesy your future. Prophesy your future. If you don't like what you see, start saying what God's word says and what you see will begin to change. Oh, hallelujah. Now in closing, I want to spend just a few moments on one major area that you and I must act authoritatively over. We must exercise the authority that we have been given. And that is taking our place over fear. Jesus said this. He said, men's hearts will expire with fear and dread and apprehension and expectation of the things that are coming on the world. There's a lot happening in the world. There's a lot of things that are going south in the world. But we are not living in the south. We're living in the north. We're not viewing this world through the lens of beneath. We're viewing what's going on in this world through the lens of redemption. Come on, everybody. All I see. Come on. All I see is victory. Now in John chapter 14 and verse 1, a great verse of scripture. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, from two places. Do not let your hearts be troubled or distressed and agitated. That is my responsibility and your responsibility not to allow our hearts to be agitated or fearful. Now one translation says, don't worry or surrender to your fear. For you have believed in God, now trust and believe also in me. Don't surrender to fear. No white flags where fear is concerned. No, lift up the blood-stained banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice this in verse 27. Are you all ready to read with me for just a few minutes? Say with me, I'm a good reader. I'm a good listener. And I'm a doer of the word. Verse 27. One, two, three, read. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed, and do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. May the word of God speak for itself. Another translation says, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Be courageous. Don't try to be courageous. Be courageous. Now, when a person is agitated, they become fearful. 
And fear opens the door to the enemy. The scripture says, stop allowing it. Don't give it any permission. Don't give it any place. When you and I refuse to fear, we paralyze Satan and he cannot harm us. Say it with me, I refuse to have my peace disturbed by people, situations, or circumstances. Hallelujah. 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 Just stop it. Put your foot down. Now, John 16, verse 33. We're going to do some more reading. We're almost finished. One, two, three. Ready? Read. I have told you these things so that in me you might have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage. Certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world and have conquered it. Woohoo! They were a little happier in the first service. How come you're not so happy? Get happy. Get happy in your chair. Lift up your voice. Hallelujah. I have deprived it of power to harm you. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. You can't be hurt. You can't be harmed. You're living in the zone. You're living in the secret place of the Most High. In the Greek, the word tribulation means pressure, stress, adversity, crushing, distress, or a squeezing. The enemy wants to use tribulation to crush us and to squeeze us because he is after our peace. But here's what Jesus said to do. When the squeeze is on, the master said, be of good cheer. Jerry Savelle preached on that years ago and it's forever tattooed in my heart. He said, be of good cheer means to brighten up and to rejoice, to do a dance and to spin around. What do you suppose the enemy would see if you PC pre-coffee PMU, pre-makeup, pre-combing your hair, got down in the living room and said, glory to God, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to brighten up. I'm going to spin around. I'm going to do a dance. I'm going to be of good cheer. I don't need anything of this world to cheer me up. I don't need alcohol. I don't need beer to cheer me up. I can be intoxicated with the Holy Ghost. You and I can be filled with all the fullness of God. You and I are those who don't take any junk from the devil. You and I are those who have come 
to turn the world upside down. You and I are those who are marching in the camp of the enemy and taking back everything that he has stolen from us. Shout it with me. The devil's under my feet. I'm walking and living in victory. And it is so sweet. So we live in this victory. We live in this zone. We live authoritatively. We exercise it by responding the right way to trouble when it comes. Can you say amen? Amen. Jesus has deprived the power of the world to harm you. And in closing, turn with me to Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Hallelujah. Say with me, I cast all my care over on you. Here's what the scripture says. And let's read together. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Next verse. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This verse 8 is so necessary to maintain your authority and to walk free from fear. Ready? Read. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise... Do what? For he will keep you in perfect peace. He will keep you in shalom, shalom. Where there will be nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. If you will just keep your mind and your heart stayed on him. For he is Lord, and he's watching over you with everlasting love. He's dancing over his church with joy. And it gives your God, your Father, good pleasure to give you the keys of the kingdom. Say it with me, I've got the keys of the kingdom. I have authority. I've been authorized. And all week long, I will act act authoritatively. authoritatively in Jesus' name.